0: You're listening to a board to death Mando cast talking Disney Plus's show The Mandalorian in easily digestible chunks. Hello again,
1: ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the board to death Mando cast. I am Jay Winger, and please welcome back to the Mando cast. Chris, finally, finally freed from quarantine <laughs> and your little vacation.
2: My vacation, my uh, Thanksgiving vacation to Texas to visit my mom, and then when I get back, I spent the better part of almost two weeks.
1: I think it was more like ten days, like a give, week and a half. Yeah, give or take. Uh, but it, you know, meant you miss, it meant you missed. It meant you missed two uh, two Mando casts. Two Mando, casts. and I did miss having you here to bounce <laughs> to bounce <laughs> off of. Um, to that end. This this edition of the MandoCast will probably end up being as long as like a ramble cast because you have two weeks worth of c- talking to catch up on here. Okay, so uh, let, let me
2: talk about let me talk about
1: chapter thir- thir- thirteen is the, the uh, Sokatana. Okay, so chapter
2: thirteen. I was like, the second Ahsoka showed up on screen, the second I saw the white lightsaber show up, I was like, yes!
1: <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure you were like me, just like, oh, so we're just starting, we're just leading right into it, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, I was kind of curious as to how they were going to bring her in, and it was just like, boom, right at the beginning.
0: Yep. Uh, so, and it was great. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, it was a great way to start Uh, and, uh, for someone who didn't finish her training as a Jedi, she has all the skills of a Jedi.
1: Well, she basically picked up all the rest of it, you know, in the field, as it were. Practical, practical knowledge.
2: Um, so, we got that, we also found out what Baby Yoda's real name was, which is Rogu. Yeah,
1: good old (laughs) Gogurt.
2: And, uh, turns out he was one of the younglings during, uh, the events of episode three.
1: While uh, Order 66 was going Yes, uh,
2: so he was apparently, uh, I, I don't know, they didn't really say where he was exactly when Order 66 happened, but he managed to get off of Coruscant.
1: Somebody smuggled him off of Coruscant, but we don't know who.
2: Yeah, so that happened, and so he, I guess, bounced around. I'm gonna guess
0: it was Yoda. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Turns out he was with the Wookiees and they lost him. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Uh, um, so... Uh, you know he, you know we got that in you know her saying, oh well you need to take him to this planet so he can go onto this Jedi stone meditate and then go all
1: golden child (laughs) yeah
2: go all golden child and uh, we need more Eddie Murphy in this episode (laughs) Uh, and so you know the events of that episode happened. And by the way, uh, I like how they had Michael Bean in this. Yeah, you were,
1: Yeah, it was like I don't know Michael Bean's. You know, just yeah, I hear the name; it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know his he face. Was, he was, yeah, I know he was. He was the the gunslinger that worked for the magistrate. No, he
2: was uh, Hicks in Aliens.
1: Ah, okay. He was
2: Hicks in Aliens. You know, Aliens.
1: that's one of those I've never actually seen. But that that's for that's for another time. Anyway,
2: uh, I think he was also in the first Terminator, but I can't remember. He, if he, I, he
1: was. was. I don't remember who, but I think he was. I have heard his name in connection with the Terminator franchise. It's it's
2: like how Lance Hendrickson was in the first Terminator. Also, he was one of the guys in the police station that the Terminator had shot up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, the woman that Ahsoka was after, and I learned this after I watched the episode, uh, is played by a Filipina-American who... Also, just happens to be Bruce Lee's goddaughter. There you go. And when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this episode just got even more awesome."
1: We're both idiots. Michael Bean was Kyle Reese.
2: Oh, he was. Kyle yes,
1: Reese. <laughs> we're both idiots it's for been, not knowing that.
2: <laughs> this is true. Since I've seen the original. This Terminator. is true. Anyway, Brandon, I know he has that one random cameo in the director's cut of Terminator Two. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I remember. So, I
1: I have seen that scene. That's a great scene. I'm sad that it was cut from the from the the whole thing. But anyway, uh, but so
2: anyways, <clears throat> on to episode fourteen, uh, where
1: well, wait, did you remember to mention who the magistrate worked for?
2: Oh yeah,
1: the big name, <laughs> the big so name drop. Oh, they <laughs> dropped a really really big. name. And because exactly. yeah, there, there was the whole thing where Ahsoka is like you're, you know asking for information about uh, the Magistrate's master, and you, like me, I'm sure we're thinking Moff Gideon. I, yeah,
2: yeah I because
1: he's Moff. because he's the guy that's been presented as the leader of the Imperial Remnant that's dealing that's causing all the problems in the Outer Rim right now. Yeah, and then suddenly
2: <laughs> she says. Grand Where
1: Admiral, is Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn? Thrawn?
2: And that's when I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I was, I
1: was the same way. I was like, "Oh my god!"
2: So uh, that ha- that whole line happens, and meanwhile, now it's funny because you saw two different genres in just this one particular scene: Western see, and West- samurai. See, Western and samurai. On on
1: the opposite sides of the of the gate, basically, samurai—it's samurai samurai or like Kill Bill with Oren versus the Bride, and on the outside you have your old your old fashioned Wild West standoff. (laughs) It was (laughs) fantastic. You gotta
2: love that they're combining genres in this one show. Um,
1: They're combining four. You've got sci-fi, you've got fantasy. Let's face it, Jedi are essentially mages, Yes. and the Force is essentially magic. You got samurai, and you got Wild West. <laughs> only in Only in in the Mandalorian would that work.
2: And they make it work very well. And they pretty much establish the Western bit in the first episode where he shoots the door lock and kills the dude.
1: Well, especially because of the whole thing that was like a like a Wild Western uh, saloon brawl only on a frozen. This the, planet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
2: Um, so anyway, so episode 14, I love how <laughs> the, he played... With, like, I love how... Uh, episode
0: 14 was so goddamn good.
2: <laughs> I love, well, first off, I love how when he's circling where this Jedi spot, like, like the stone is, he's the circling hinge, it yeah. and he's just like, well, there's no landing spots close by, so we're going to have to uh, fly with the windows down. And I Chest was like... What does that mean? And then you just see him. Kick.
1: Gilligan cut.
2: <laughs> Baby Yoda, or excuse me, Grogu is.
1: Uh, That's it, cool, Baby Yoda. Yeah, you know, we all call him Mando, even though we know his real name. We're still gonna call him Baby Yoda.
2: Is essentially going on a wild ride because he's using the jetpack to get to the spot. Meanwhile, Baby Yoda is sitting there just enjoying it. It's like it's like watching a dog with its head out the window. You're
1: just just like in. Season one, when we see Baby Yoda on the speeder bike with (laughs) IG-11, when IG-11 is riding into town to save the day, and Baby Yoda's just like,
2: hey, with his
1: (laughs) ears just going wild.
2: Um, And so, he places him on this little rock, and he's like, alright, do your thing. And he's just sitting there, he's like, come on kid, do your thing. And then, out of nowhere, he does the whole meditating thing where he's got, you know, he's
1: Literally doing the whole, like, you know, fingers and and forefingers into, like, little, like, ohm sort of thing. It's one reason I called it going all golden child. (laughs) He's literally sitting there on the the stone with this column of energy going... (laughs) Wait, so do you think
2: in in the next episode, uh, Mando's going to go, gong, bring me the child. (laughs) God, I
1: hope so. Um,
2: And so... uh, now, while this whole thing is happening, he's got a little force shield around him. Uh, the second Slave One rolled it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Every
1: single person watching the episode, when Slave One showed up, everybody had the same reaction. It's like, oh shit. <laughs>
2: well, first off, I want to know where the hell did he keep that ship at? Was it by Jabba's Palace? Probably.
1: And I'm sure he probably spent a lot of time hunting down the Jawas, who you know probably scavenged the hell out of that thing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and getting it all put back together. And then it's just sort of like, I, w- I need my shit back, then I'm going to go get my armor Because I don't know where my ama went. Got Tamir can- Morrison. I cannot
2: wait for the Boba Fett spinoff to come in. Because
1: well, and working. we'll talk about all stuff further Star Wars later, but let's continue with so, this. That'll be in the discussion after.
2: So, uh, I love how that happened, and then he goes and confronts Boba Fett, not knowing who he is. Mm-hmm.
1: Which he just sees some ship showing up, and he's like, it's not coincidence they're here, this is probably bad.
2: <laughs> takes off, and so he's confronting Boba Fett. Boba Fett's just like, look dude, I just want my armor back.
1: I want the armor. You can peel it off my dead body. It's like, not No, no, armor.
2: not <laughs> Idiot. we back. Meanwhile, he's got Ming-Na Wen, or Mulan. Want, Shan. Or Mulan, if you want to call her yeah. that. <laughs> Some people are probably going to be like, oh, racist because she's Asian. No, she voiced Mulan in yes, the original Yes,
1: exactly. Anyway. Uh,
2: in fact, she's the only voice actor for Mulan. Um, so, she's out there with a the sniper rifle. Pointing it at Baby Yoda.
1: Just sort of like, do as he says or I shoot the boy.
2: (laughs) So, he's like, okay, okay, let's talk.
1: Let's all just put down our weapons and we can talk this out like civilized people. And they do.
2: They actually are about to talk and then Imperial Transport ship shows up, Stormtroopers comes out. And so they're like, alright, we need to take care of this first. So she's sniping them, he's shooting them. And then he well, goes. Boba Fett is just standing there, like with one of like the uh, the gaffy sticks. The gaffy sticks. I th-
1: last t- last Mando cast, I mistakenly called it a jaffy stick because I couldn't remember what they were called. But gaffy stick is what the, um, is, is the name. But
2: it's one of the weapons that I think the sand people use. Mm-hmm. And he takes that. He's just like waiting around, like the corner of a rock, waiting for a stormtrooper to walk through. The second they start showing up. He just takes that damn thing and starts start smacking them around. He actually breaks their armor mm-hmm. and I think he even stabbed one in the middle.
1: He stabbed one in that first encounter and then um the stormtrooper officer with the red pauldron uh got got one in the chest later. But apparently uh the what he was doing with that uh with the gaffy stick is actually based off like a Maori I think it's Maori uh martial art. Kind of thing. Oh, also,
2: I'm not surprised that it's an actual martial
1: art <clears throat> So it's just sort of like he was, you know, getting the cut loose with that thing, and I'm just like, Good lord. <laughs> Especially at that shot after he that first you know, him beating him down as he walks off. You see that one stormtrooper just laying there shattered, <laughs> like his helmets all busted, his body is just like mangled. I was like
2: mangled, cracked. Um, I'm just
1: like I want more of this kind of stuff from Mandalorians against Stormtroopers, like with the armor in season one.
2: She used a freaking hammer.
1: Yeah, and he used and he used essentially a big ass stick with a knob on the end,
2: a pointy knob. Mm. Uh, and I love how Boba, when he sees uh, the Razor Crest, he sees the side door is open and he sees his. He's armor. just so like,
1: "Fuck this! I'm just gonna go get my eye <laughs>
2: Goes home over, and that's when I was like, "Oh shit, what's yep. gonna happen?"
1: Well, he shows up. He shows up, and, and starts, Daddy's home.
2: And he just starts shooting. Like he, he like one stormtrooper is like standing right next to him. He doesn't even look at him. He just goes poof. Just
1: well, yeah, that last one after he would like sent them all running. That one guy was left. He stands up. He just goes bam.
2: <laughs> and they get on their little transport ships and they take off. And he targets it. Shoots the rocket. Now he's <laughs> aiming for the left one, but the rocket goes at the right one. Hits that. Yeah. So
1: you did notice that that little thing. That's a, Yeah. He
2: hits that. Yeah. I thought it was a continuity area first.
1: And yeah. it wasn't until afterwards when was like, "Nice shot," I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, "He's got his he's got his Jane Cobb going." <laughs> I was aiming for his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <clears throat> and then uh, Razor Crest blows up, which I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah.
1: Again, was, again. That was, that was every sh- single person watching the episode, I'm sure, had the same reaction when that turbo laser came down and just reduced it to ash. Like
2: at first, I was wondering where they were aiming at, but then when the razor crest blew up, I was like, "Holy
0: oh, fuck!"
2: Shit. <laughs> so, uh, the the ship is completely destroyed now, and it's just like completely gone. And then they send the uh, dark the, troopers, the dark troopers down, Iron Man style. To, okay, I gotta admit, John Favreau. <laughs> yes, he, they all surround Baby Yoda, who at this point is actually exhausted because he's
1: finally come out of force trance or whatever. Uh,
2: they grab him, fly off Iron Man style back to the Imperial ship, which again, I'm just gonna crack the joke. Looks like the one from the freaking space from uh, Spaceballs, but shorter.
1: It looked uh, like a giant. Anal plug.
2: Only when you look at it from that one angle. This is true,
1: but come on. Uh,
2: And so they take it. And Moff Gideon's like,
1: yeah, I'm going to shove this anal plug right up your ass.
2: (laughs) I love how Boba Fett gets into Slave One and actually goes after them, but then he's told not to shoot at them because they have a kid. He's like, alright, I'll just, you know. I'll get more info. I'll (laughs) I'll just fly out there, get the info, and turn back. I honestly kept thinking he's going to get shut down, isn't he? Yeah.
1: You're not the only person. I thought that too, but nope, nope. he sees the
2: ship and goes okay then, turns around.
1: He's just like, nope. Uh,
2: and I love how uh, Boba F- or Mando says, "Okay, well, you know, you got your armor back. I guess, right. I guess we're even." I guess we're even. And he's like, "Nope. I said that I would help you until you I got was
1: me. I would see to the safety of the we child.
2: He's like, well, the child's gone. He's like, so we gotta keep
1: going then. <laughs> so then, until we can, until the child is safely back in your care, we are in your debt.
2: <laughs> uh, and so they go back to the planet from the first episode.
1: Navarro. Uh, back to Navarro.
2: And they get. Um, Cara Doom. Cara Doom. Thank you. They get oh, they get Cara Dune and she's like, oh well, I mean, I'm a marshal, I can't really. I do have you. rules I have
1: to follow now. I
2: have, yeah, I have I have my own set of rules now that I have to follow now. And then and then Mando goes, they took the kid, and that's when she gets that whole.
1: You son of a bitch! I'm in.
2: <laughs> boom! That's it. That's well, no, man.
1: you forget the other thing that he went to her for. Now that she's marshal, she has access to New public records.
2: Oh yeah.
1: And she he's like, I need you to look up a prison record for me.
2: Isn't that the guy...
1: It's from Mayfeld from the prison... The guy, the guy from... Bill Burr. Burr. Well,
2: no, no, it's the guy with the robotic arm.
1: With the little side yes. gun, yes.
2: Okay, because I was like, I know he's from that episode, but which character was he in It's
1: Mayfeld, Miggs Mayfeld. They finally gave, gave us his first name. But here's the thing. If we're gonna go, about to go see Mayfeld, you wonder if the other two, you oh, know, Berg, yeah. Berg and what's-her-face are oh, there. Oh, are
2: getting Clancy Brown back? <laughs> Please? <laughs> I want to
1: see him go go ham on something. I want to
2: see him, like, just, like, beat the shit out of some stormtroopers like he did that droid. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or, you know, somebody, like, shoots some flames in his face and him just walking through it and it's like, I was born from this.
2: <laughs> I was born in the flames. I didn't see cold until I was a
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> you merely adopted the flames. I was born in it. <laughs> Uh, but so chapter 15, which we're about to lead into, <coughs> we're now like a day after everybody else. This is because scheduling you had work yesterday and I was ears deep in cyberpunk. Um, but from what I've seen online, this episode is called The Believer. And from what I, uh, and I don't really know anything else, I've seen like still images, but I'm like, I'm not paying attention. But I just saw that it's like the episode's called "The Believer." Disney Plus just uh, gives a synopsis as to move against the Empire. The Mandalorian needs the help of an old enemy. Well, we know that's Mayfeld. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're I think we've talked about enough about uh, you know, the last couple episodes and your impressions on them. I'm sh- I know that you enjoyed them because we did talk about it briefly after you oh got my back. God,
2: I, I, I look like. Uh... I know you're not a South Park fan, but uh, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, the episode of South Park where uh, the internet was... The whole internet was having trouble. (laughs) And then there was the one scene where... uh, Stan's dad finally got access to a computer and watched porn, and all you see is him laying in his old mess afterwards. That's how I look. <laughs> yeah, because oh, there was a lot less st- and,
1: and this is something I commented on while I was uh, on the previous ManoCast. I love how they're recanonizing stuff. Yes, uh, but you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well. That's less recanonizing and sort of bringing him into live action. So, but the Dark Troopers uh, was from, like, I, it was from Star Wars: Dark Forces, the first Kyle Katarn video game.
2: I keep thinking that
1: they're from Rogue One. Well, those, those are were, Death the, those the Death Troopers. Maybe they're similar. You know, maybe the Death Troopers were the thing that led into the Dark Troopers. I don't know.
2: They have a similar design.
1: Similar design. Uh, but also, Tython, the planet that they went to. Was the like tutorial planet from Knights of the Old Republic or one of the New Republic or Old Republic games? Huh. It's like where you started out as a Jedi, you know, it's the tutorial level. All right. So it's, nice it's like you know they're recanonizing all this stuff from the Legends continuity, well, and I, also, I love it.
2: Well, I also love how, <clears> and I missed this at first, but uh, somebody pointed out that the owl from Star Wars Rebels yep uh, uh, is has a cameo. Mori.
1: Yeah, Yeah, in 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 the Jedi, yeah, right before Mando uh, meets Ahsoka.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention this. I love how like the only two things that well, one I'm not surprised of, but the only two things that survived from the Razor Crest being destroyed was that fucking knob
1: and the Beskar spear.
2: Well, I understand why the spear would survive because I mean, if it can survive a freaking lightsaber, then it can survive. And well, and
1: you know that the Beskar. Spear is going to come into play when we get Gideon versus Mando, because it's going to be Dark Saber versus Beskar Spear, and it's going to be awesome. Yes, it is. Um, but the knob, well, you saw that like on- it wasn't like everything got reduced to ashes, but it was like only small things really survived. I guess that knob was small enough, and of course, let's face it, we knew it was going to survive. It's the trust object between him and Baby Yoda.
0: So, yeah. There's gonna be
1: some some scene. I'm guessing either this episode or in the in the season finale when Mando catches up to Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda's gonna be all like weak, barely conscious or whatever. And Mando's gonna hold that hold it up. It's like, you know, and you want and, it, you
2: gotta come and get it.
1: Yeah, and just sort of, and it just gets yanked out of his hand by Baby Yoda. Oh, and furthermore, talk to Baby Yoda, him going ham on the stormtroopers.
2: Yeah, but it seems like. Uh... <clears throat> Every
1: time he uses the Force, it weakens him. Well, um, remember, Ahsoka basically said that since Order 66 went down, which was, what, like 20 years, 20, 25 years before before now,
2: yeah,
1: uh, Baby Yoda has been suppressing his Force powers to keep himself seeming harmless and to avoid notice. So his Force powers are weak. You know That's why he wears himself out really quickly.
2: It's kind of like the uh, can't think of the character's name, the one that you play as in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Cal Kestis. Yeah, he doesn't reveal himself as a not really a Jedi, but as a Force user. As, as a to, Padawan, yeah. Yeah, till he has to whip that lightsaber out.
1: Uh, well, there were other things besides that where he did sort of use his Force powers, but it was the lightsaber moment that sort of exposed him for what he for what he was. <clears throat> well I'm talking to Cal Kestis. I haven't finished The Fallen Order But from what I've heard He survived the events Of that game
2: Yeah he did So
1: he could Very He could potentially Turn up Turn up here as well
2: I'm honestly thinking that If they do introduce Thrawn In the next season He's probably going to have Ezra Bridger As a prisoner
1: And that's why Ahsoka is looking for Thrawn Because That I guarantee you That's why she's looking for him In
2: that case They need to bring What's left of the ghost crew Into this Yes (laughs) Yes
1: At any rate, we're, we've are we rambled now for almost uh, 23 minutes, so let's uh, go ahead, pause this here, and we'll see you after
0: the episode. Hey, while we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including J. Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast. Real paranormal talk, ranking tracks, motivational moves, girls who like, and the nerd table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken.
1: And we're back.
2: After another explosive
1: episode. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, So... Mayfeld got some actually decent character development, I would say. Or at least, for, you know, some uh, exploration as to why he's ex-Imperial Sharpshooter.
2: Uh, honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I kept thinking think he was going to get killed in this episode. Me too.
1: Because, um, well, let's rewind a little bit. We open up with the essentially a junk planet, scrapyard, whatever... Um, where Mayfeld is working, at, working, his, is working out his sentence, doing labor, just dismantling old uh, imperial sh- ships and whatnot. And then Cara Dune shows up because she's a marshal now, and she's basically like, c- he is remanded into her custody, and she's like, come on. And when he sees Boba Fett walking down, down from the Slave One,
2: with his pristine armor, yeah,
1: it cleans up nice. <laughs> fresh coat of paint and everything. Um, he's like, you know, Mayfeld made some comments like, oh, I thought you, were, I thought it was going to be some, uh, some other grumpy uh, guy in armor or something. And then Mando walks down and, he, and Mayfeld's face is literally just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, they basically explain what they want him for. He's like, can I just go back to, go back to the labor camp? Like, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't
2: want to do that. Because no.
1: they mentioned Moff Gideon. He's like, you should have just left me. Left me in the prison. Um, and he basically says, "Yeah, I could. I do have the codes that you could use to find out where his co- coordinates are, but I'd need an internal Imperial terminal to do it." And uh, he he says, "I know that there's there's one at this secret uh, mining base on Morak, which is basically just jungle world.
2: It literally looks like." Uh... What did you call it? Uh, the,
1: the 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 rundown. The...
2: Yeah, it looked like the jungle from the rundown. So South America. <clears throat>
1: yep, yeah, very South American. Um, and essentially, the the gist of the plan is they hijack a transport that's taking this highly explosive material to the refinery.
2: It's like uh, in the, it's like in those video games where it's like you have to like drive the vehicle with the highly explosive crap in it, and you have to drive very very gently. And it's one of those parts of the game where you're just like, this is bullcrap. All you had to do
1: was follow the damn train, CJ. <laughs> well, fortunately, they didn't have to do any of that. But it's like they hijacked the transport. Um, but Mayfeld basically explains they're gonna scan your face when, or they scan your DNA when mm-hmm. you uh, when you come through the through the gates. So, and that basically means. Uh, Cara Dune can't go because she's New Republic, yes. and she, she'll be flagged in their database for that. Uh, Fennec is wanted by ISB, the you know essentially Imperial Security sort of thing, uh, which is ISB was what Thrawn is and what Gideon is. So it's like, as Mayfeld explains, all of these remnant bases are run by ISB. So it's like Fennec can't go. Uh, and they, so when Mando turns to Fett's like, Fett, and it's like, let's just say they'll know my face.
2: <laughs> A nice little reference to Empire Strikes Back and yep. Return of the Jedi. But,
1: uh, yeah, sorry about that. My, if there was any noise there, the laptop just decided to go into sleep mode for some reason. Anyway, uh, and so Mando's like, I'll go, but i you know, and they, he literally just, because he looks through his helmet thing and realizes, Oh, the drivers are wearing are wearing helmets, <laughs> so I can I can go without having to show my face. But that led into an interesting little discussion—well, very one-sided discussion, I should I should say—that went on between Mando and Mayfeld while they were driving.
2: Yeah, where he was asking him about the whole like not taking your helmet off thing.
1: Is it a case of you can't take the helmet off or is it a case of you can't show your face because they're not the same thing, as he as he puts it. And he also talked about how, at the end of the day, every, they're alike. It's like everybody has lines that they won't cross until they get desperate.
2: Yeah, and I think he crossed a line in this episode.
1: Well, he did, but at the same time, Mayfeld sort of, later on, Mayfeld then sort of, Gave him an out, just like, I never saw your face.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's kind of like IG, what was it, uh, IG-11?
1: Yeah, it's just like, I'm not a living thing. Yeah, where
2: he's like, no living th- person has seen my face. No living thing has seen see, my face. See seen my face in X amount of years, and he goes, oh, well, I'm not alive.
1: <laughs> um, but, so while they're driving this this transport, pirates, essentially, strike. <laughs>
2: yeah, and I was trying to figure out, trying to see whether or not, like... They were like a species or like a group of pirates or whatever that had previously been shown, whether it was in Clone Wars or Rebels. No, no. didn't
1: didn't look familiar at all. And I was they're... honestly
2: hoping it was Hondo's guys. <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: right. God, I was just having the same thought. Imagine if it had been Hondo. Uh, but and but these pirates, all they're they're not interested in stealing. The cargo. They're interested in destroying it. Just literally, they hop aboard, they pry open the pry open the containers, drop a thermal detonator in.
2: Which, which to be honest with you, kind of like defeats the purpose of them being pirates because pirates steal. And I kept thinking, well, that... but
1: you know that they sort of touched on that briefly as well when they drove through that village and uh, Mayfeld made some comment to like to the. Effect of that, we're, we're the invaders. Today. Yeah.
2: Well, they, they that line, is, in a way, was also in uh, Solo, the planet where uh, Han met Chewbacca on. Mm. Uh, he Han asked, what are we doing here for? And they said, oh, to bring peace to the galaxy. Uh, and he goes, so we're the invaders, right? It was essentially like that.
1: Well, and they're also somewhat similar to, to the uh, T- Tuscan Raiders back in the first episode of the season. It's like, or no, it was previous season when they were on Tatooine. And he explained to, uh, to uh, what's his name? Toro.
2: Yeah, the guy that he gave the binoculars uh, away
1: from. Yeah, it's just sort of like, to, th- to them, we're all outsiders. Yeah, It's like, it doesn't matter if you were born on the planet. You're not one of them. You're, you're the invader. I don't
2: know. Mando seems to get along with them perfectly fine. Well,
1: yeah. Well, I, I mean, he
2: knows sign language.
1: Yeah, that helps. Uh, but so they're—I take it that they're more that the, the, the quote-unquote pirates we saw were more like freedom fighters, just trying to deny the empire the the stuff that they're stealing from their planet, essentially. Yeah. Um, but Mando fights them off while they're jumping on on board with spears and stuff, and we we both saw the Mad Max <laughs> comparison right away. We were both like, witness. <laughs> But Mando fights them off. Um, the two, other, we, like, two other transports that we heard about uh, got blown up before they started attacking theirs. And they're just about to cross the bridge to the refinery. And it looks like an enti- a huge swarm of them are about to overtake them. And then TIE fighters to the rescue.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's probably the only time they'll ever say, well, I'm glad to see those.
1: Well, even Mayfeld made some comment about that as after the... the uh, pirates have been driven off, and they're driving the transport into the refinery. You see a whole bunch of other stormtroopers and workers all like applauding and saluting them as they're passing. And like, hey, Mayfeld Mayfeld made some comments like, "Bet you've been, never been so glad to see stormtroopers before, huh?" <laughs> um,
2: stormtroopers and sandtroopers from Rogue
1: One. Yep. And so they, you know, they're greeted by everybody, and then Mayfeld's like, "All right, there should be a terminal in the officers' mess." They head over that way. Oh, yeah,
2: and mind you, the majority of the time, he has his helmet off because he uses... I can't see in these things. Yeah, I can't see Well, no,
1: he also made some comment about how much it smelled from the previous guys. Yeah, because he
2: was just like, because, you know, when they steal the outfits, which, by the way, Mando walked away to go change so that way nobody could see him. Yep. And then uh, while uh, Bill Burr was changing... uh, he was commenting over the, on the fact it's that like a, the guy smelled and was sweating inside.
1: It's like the gloves skin. are still wet, <laughs> which is just ew. <laughs> uh, but you know, so that makes sense why he would take off the helmet. And meanwhile, Mando's like, "I wear this shit all the time. I'm I wear a helmet and armor and stuff literally all the time. This uh, this, this ain't is, nothing. This ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, I I live with my own stink to, <laughs> every single day, but." <clears throat> So they go towards the officers' mess, but uh, Mayfeld stops because he recognizes an officer in there. as his former commanding officer. It's like um, I,
2: I mean, I recognize him too, but I recognize the actor.
1: Yeah, um, and man, and Mando's like, "Here, I'll do it." Uh, or it's like, you know, we can you can still do this. It's like, no, they need this. They need to scan your face. And Mando's like, "I'll do it." And we were both like, "What? Oh, what?" And, you know, thinking. It needs, it needs to compare your face to the registry to make sure that you are authorized to access the information. It wasn't until after later I was like, oh, no, it's more just taking a snapshot for the record. Here's who has accessed that information. Um, but Mando takes a little data stick, goes over to the terminal... And has to take his helmet off, so there's, well, <laughs> there's tried, Pedro Pascal. At
2: first he tries to do it with the helmet on, but then a little security alarm pops up, and then he's like, oh, shit. Yep, takes, takes it the off. helmet off, does the scan again, then it's like, all right, you're clear.
1: Well, yeah, it's literally like, all right, we've got your face. Here's the information that you asked for. And meanwhile, that officer has glanced over and finally calls, calls over to him. It's like, Trooper, and he's trying to ignore him. Uh, and it looks like he's about to get made when Mayfeld walks over, gives some excuses like "Sorry, he's uh, you know got a little hard of hearing from all the blasting and everything today or whatever." And so I was like, "What's your name, trooper?" <laughs> and they're trying; to, they're still trying to you know
2: bs their way bs
1: through. their way out of this. When the officers just like, like, "Aren't you the two that got the only transport back today?" And they're like, "Yes." Join me for a drink. And as soon as the, the, they were sat down for a drink, I'm like, this is going to go wrong. Because you could tell Mayfeld did not want to be there. But it wasn't because he was scared of being made. But, <laughs> exactly. Although, although there was some of that. It was because, as we found out, this guy was involved in some dark shit.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, granted, the actor... Oh, God. what's was his name? Richard Brake plays the imperial officer.
1: Uh, creepy one, looking guy. <laughs> yeah,
2: he, for one thing, he's a creepy looking guy. Imagine that he's not a creepy guy at all in real life. I imagine he's probably one of the more the nicer guys around. With. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the guy definitely has you know that reputation behind him because a lot of the roles that he gets are usually involving you know like.
1: Be, playing Kill. bad guys or heavies and stuff like or that.
2: Serial killer, something like that. Like he was in Rob He's Zomb- a
1: character actor. Yeah,
2: he was in Rob Zombies Thirty One, where he was like one of like the killers in that film, which he played very, very well. So he played an yeah. imperial officer very, very well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm honestly wondering, like, what kind of dark shit did you do? <laughs> well,
1: we heard some of that when yeah. when uh, he's pouring them both a drink. He's like, "What should what should we toast to? Don't give us give me any of that. You know for." for health or whatever. And none of that, none of that trite stuff. And then Mayfeld goes, how about to Operation Cinder? <laughs> and as soon as he said that, I'm like, this is, this is where it's going to start to go bad. M-
2: Mando looks over at him like, don't do this. Yeah,
1: yeah, man- yeah. Mando just glances over him and gives him a very subtle shake of the head, just sort of like, he could tell, Mayfeld was about to unload. <laughs> and it was like, this, this is not a good idea. But, and the officer just sort of plays off, like, here's a man who knows his history. <laughs> uh, and, Mayfeld's like it's not much of my history. I was there. I lived it. You know. He mentions burning something uh, as like a specific day of this campaign, and or, or or of this operation, and it's like tens of thousands of people were like an entire city was like burned or something or destroyed, and Mayfeld is like talking about it's like you know I you know all the you know people I guys I served with you know all those civilians women and children and the officers just playing it off just as it's you know for the greater good sort of thing yeah uh, and makes the comment it's like you know comments about how the new republic is in disarray you know they're not able to sort of maintain civility and uh and everything and made a comment about how what they're doing Going to do the like the remnant is going to do is going to make the people beg for the empire back, and he says some it says like what people think they want freedom, but what they really want is order, <clears throat> the old security uh, security over freedom, kind of thing. Yeah, which always gets brought up whenever the Nazi comparisons <laughs> are going to get made, <clears throat> and yeah, and the whole time you could tell Mayfeld was. Just barely holding it together And finally he just BAM Shoots the guy in the in shoots the
2: chest. Him at point blank range And literally sends him flying back And then he sees like The Sam Trooper That's just staying to the left With a train He's just head. like The fuck
1: And he just BAM Shoots him as well And then he
2: shoots everybody in the room
1: And then Hands Mando his helmet The His helmet and just goes Here I never saw your face
2: He literally looks away too He's like I don't know what you're talking about You never took this off
1: and you can see Mando looking at him, with, and Im- immediately with new respect in his eyes. <laughs> but he, you know, and then they had to shoot their way out of there. Uh, meanwhile, Cara Dune and Fennec are up on the ridge, overlooking the refinery, literally just picking guys off. You know, taking out the A- the AA guns and taking out any other troopers that they that they see.
2: And then when they got to the roof, that's when they called Boba Fett to come on in and pick them up.
1: And the Slave One. And as they hop onto the Slave One. He, you know, Mayfeld turns to Manu and says, "says Pass me that rifle." And he hands him like the
2: scrawny ass rifle, by the way. Yeah,
1: cyclo rifle or something. I think he called it. Uh, But he takes it, sights on the tanks of the of the resource in the in the transport that they just brought. You know, because the container was still open from when it got pried open by that by that guy. One shot, and he just bam. Blows up that thing, and because again, this is a highly volatile material, and this is a refinery full of it. Boom! <laughs> Big ass explosion. Big
2: and, ass explosion. And, and even
1: Kara Dune was like, That was a nice shot.
2: <laughs> and so, I love this because we were guessing on what kind of armaments uh, the slave, slave One has. Had. <laughs> since Boba Fett took over the ship from, uh, from Django.
1: And we made some comment about it's like where did he have that? Well, I think that was in the first thing. It's like where did he have Slave One all that time while yeah, he was, like,
2: was that thing parked by Jawa's Palace this whole time? And how
1: did it avoid getting uh, torn to bits for for scrap by Jawas like they did to the Razor Crest, given the slightest opportunity? I'm
2: honestly wondering if there were like predators of some sort that were nearby.
1: Maybe. <clears throat> um,
2: um,
1: but regardless, uh, so Slave One is. Flying off, with a couple of Tie Fighters chasing it.
2: Yeah, they're climbing up, and that's when he <laughs> preps a bomb to drop between the two um, the two Tie Fighters. And if you remember in Attack of the Clones, when Obi Wan Kenobi was chasing Boba and Django, uh, and then Django ha- uh, tells Boba to launch one of the uh, one of those bombs. One the of those mines, essentially. Uh, and it detonates the exact same way. Destroys a bunch with of With bastards. a, little,
1: with a looks like a puff a, and some silence, and then boom. It's like a shockwave. It's like a little mini
2: shockwave. But
1: destroys. it goes lateral. It doesn't go all directions, it's just lateral. Um, but it went off and just, just. Both TIE fighters. Both TIE
2: fighters <laughs> gone. Just completely gone.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, they touch down to pick up, uh, Dune and Fennec, and Mayfeld's just sort of like, uh,. He made I he made a comment to to Mando about why he shot the refineries just so I can, so I can sleep tonight. Kind of thing. And that was which goes back to their conversation uh earlier in the episode when he was com- drawing comparisons between the two and there are lines we don't cross just like so the end of the day if you can if you can still sleep, then you're doing better than most people. And uh so he just sort of, like, nods to Mando, and he turns to Cara Dune, and he's like, all right, officer. know <laughs> just sort of holds his wrists out like he's getting ready to be cuffed all right, again. Take
2: back in. And, and then she, she
1: goes... She turns to Mando, and it's just sort of like,
2: hmm. I don't know. I think he died. <laughs> well,
1: it's, it's a shame. It's a real shame that Mayfeld didn't make it out of the refinery alive. And he's, like, immediately a, a defensive, like, wait, what? <laughs> and Mando's like, yeah, it is a shame. And she's like, yeah, prisoner t- 34667 never made it out of there alive. Yeah. It's a real shame. <laughs> And he, then his face starts, starts light, lighting up, just sort of like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I
2: mean, but then he starts warning it off. And he turns around, looks like... <laughs> he, he turns around thinking that they're going to shoot him in the back.
1: Because, well, let's face it, Empire. Yeah. And you, I guarantee you, he had some Imperial commander, maybe even the guy that he shot in the back did that same thing, that he shot, rather, in, in the officer's mess may have done the exact same thing, which is why he was immediately like,
2: <laughs> So, he, uh...
1: They just let him, they, they just, turn him loose? Yeah, they
2: just let him loose. He just, he went about his own way. And, uh,
1: then, uh... She's like, turns to Mando's, like, so what's the next plan? What's, what's the plan?
2: And then we see Moth Gideon's ship, slay, uh, Spaceball 2. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, they're like... Uh, you have a message for you, sir, and then Mando's image pops up, and he's like, you have something that I want, something that's near and dear to me, and I'm coming for
1: him. Yeah, basically, he, he. not only that, he throws Gideon's own line from season one, when he confronted them in Navarro, after he shows up in this TIE fighter and touches down, it's like, you yeah. have something that I want. You may think you know what you have, but you do not it is more precious to me than you will ever know. <laughs> and it's literally, he throws those same lines back at him. He's like, and I'm coming for him. <laughs> and you could see Gideon was at, was both just sort of like, all right, so that's how it is. And also just like, fuck. Because, <laughs> well, let's not forget, he was there when Mandalore burned. Yes. He probably knows exactly what Mandalorians are capable of when they have when they have nothing to lose.
2: So, do you think uh, we're gonna get uh, Bo Katan? I hope so.
1: Bo Katan showing up because you know that there she wants Gideon also because she wants the dark saber.
2: Yes, and I can't, I can't remember what was the dark saber for. Wasn't it like to unify all of Mandalore? it? Is
1: the symbol of the ruler of Mandalore. The okay. person who who possesses the dark saber is traditionally the person who rules Mandalore.
2: And she wants it back to
1: Because well if you'll remember when it was brought up in the in the previous series it was held by uh Paz Vizsla, or Previsla rather yeah. um because he saw himself as the right as the as the true ruler of Mandalore, even if he didn't really have any claim to it. He held to like the old ways. Hence, you know, why he had the had the Darksaber. And Bo Katan used to follow him. So she also sort of believe, you know, believes in that symbol of authority. Maul taking it when he sort of unleashed his little shadow coup on Mandalore was a symbolic gesture. It's just sort of like, now I'm the one in control.
2: Which he was until Ahsoka kind of uh, showed up.
1: Yep, but uh, it still ended up, I think, in Bo-Katan's... No, it wasn't. Uh, it was still with... Uh... I think it was still with Maul, but then Sabine got it. And use that to challenge her mother to basically force her, force her clan into supporting the rebellion or whatever. Uh, and but then you know, it was returned to Bo-Katan after after that. And then next thing we know, we as viewers know it turns up in Gideon's hand at the end of season one. So a lot of people, I'm sure, were, were scared. It's like, oh my god, is Bo-Katan dead? Fortunately, we, we now know she's not. Yeah. But it's still, uh, she's coming, gunning for it because she wants to get that back. As a, as you know, for symb- for symbolism, so more I than know, anything else. I like else.
2: how Bo-Katan is after Moth Gideon because she wants the saber back. Ahsoka
1: is, is after, after, is after, Thrawn. well, is after Thrawn for Ezra.
2: Yeah, well, that's what we think. I'm pretty
1: sure that's why she's looking it's for. It's
2: gotta be the reason why, because there's no other reason why she will be going after.
1: Um, that said, I'm, I am concerned a bit for Ezra's well-being because I'm pretty sure Dr. Pershing, when we saw that hollow of him, uh, when they stormed the base on Navarro, Uh I'm pretty sure he made some comments about, well, no, I may be misremembering and thinking of the, uh, test subjects that they were experimenting on. For whatever reason and because they didn't take enough of the blood, but I'm just imagining did they do conduct tests with other force sensitives that they knew were force sensitive, that they knew were Jedi or had the potential to become Jedi? And if so, is Ezra he safe? Or is he not or is he in some tank with a bunch of tubes hooked up to him so they can pump Pump his blood out.
2: Oh, like what? Uh, what's his face was uh, in the Bad Batch episode?
1: No, well, in his case, it wasn't so much so they could pump blood out of him, as so much as that they could, so Use they his could, knowledge. yeah, tap into his brain to get uh, get uh, Republic codes. But yeah, um, I'm concerned for uh, Ezra's well being. But while we're on the subject of the Bad Batch, we t- we hinted at it in the in the intro. Let's talk about the Star Wars franchise as a whole because as we record this on the 12th of December some news recently uh broke about uh Lucasfilm and the Star Wars <laughs> series.
2: Yeah, they announced a whole bunch of new uh a new new material coming out. Uh one of them is being directed by Patty Jenkins who who directed the movie Monster and the two Wonder Woman films. Um, she is apparently directing Rogue Squadron.
1: Rogue Squadron, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, uh, are, like, the iconic X-Wing and new, you know, Rebels slash Rebels slash New Republic pilot squad. They're, like, the elite of the elite. Um...
2: And uh, if I remember correctly from the games,
1: I think Wedge Antilles was a member. was he w- he he was a member and ended up I think becoming the leader of Rogue Squadron. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Rogue Squadron, let's let's also point out, took its name from Rogue One, because Rogue One were the you know the whole rebellion knew that Rogue One were the was the crew that went and essentially sacrificed themselves at Scarif. To get the Death Star plans out and help the help the rebellion turn the tide, uh, restore hope to the galaxy, etc.
2: They there was another so one, they
1: so Rogue Squadron named themselves after Rogue One in their
0: honor.
2: Uh, there was one where I was really confused by the name of it. Uh, supposedly, it's about Darth Plagueis. It's called the Acolyte, hmm. uh, but the the title doesn't really say much to me. Uh, Uh, It's being called a TV mystery thriller from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland, and it's set during the High Republic era. Uh... So this is what it says. Uh, The official Star Wars website explains that the series is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emergency dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. And that's about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, well, among other things that have been has been confirmed as happening with uh, Star Wars, we've got. Obi Wan
2: uh, Kenobi. We've got
1: Kenobi series. We already knew which, about that. Which we, they
2: announced, Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader for that.
1: Or at least as, or or you know, is going to be in but the. He's going okay. to be Darth Vader in it. That's awesome.
2: Um. There's the Ahsoka... Well, that's,
1: be, well, that's be only because David Prowse is dead. So,
2: <clears throat> yeah, let's face it. I anyway. don't really know if Christians, if Hayden is about is about his high ground, but Hey, camera angles. But it
1: doesn't matter. Him in the in the suit is all is all well and good. Awesome. Of course, we have to have James Earl Jones. Providing the voice. Of course. Because otherwise, it's just not Darth Vader.
2: I mean, if not, then the guy who voices Vader in the uh, Force Unleashed games. Yes. Because he, while he's not James Earl Jones, he actually did a really good job voicing mm-hmm. Vader in those games.
1: Uh, but other stuff, they confirmed an Ahsoka Tano series is in development. Yes. Uh, there was something about the New Republic. What was. I literally just had it up. <laughs> Uh Rangers of the New Republic.
2: Yes, which I want to know what that one's about.
1: Um
2: Uh, there
1: was... uh Andor, which is gonna be about Cassian Andor yeah, from it's Rogue a prequel. One, yeah, prequel well, to prequel, it's a prequel to it. Series. Um oh, we want Kenobi. Uh the Acolyte Mystery Thriller series, a droid story. <laughs> yeah. 3PO well, and apparently, R2. Apparently
2: that's supposed to be an animated series. Uh,
1: makes sense. Um yeah, and there's like a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff like that, and I'm just like I'm all for it, but more to the point, there was that news article you, or that YouTube video about the, with the news article you sent me about John Favreau.
2: I'm just gonna go ahead and read the, uh, the title <laughs> the the, uh, the headline for it. It says John Favreau new Lucasfilm president. So apparently, right there
1: tells you all you really need to know. <laughs> so
2: apparently, Kathleen Kennedy, once her contract is up, because Disney does not want her back, apparently, yep. John Favreau is taking over. Because um, I was watching uh, on the same site on uh, or the same account on YouTube of um, them talking about Kathleen Kennedy with the new tr- with the the sequel trilogy. Basically, it's like her fingerprints are all over it. Yeah, um,
1: and like, which is a major reason why the sequel trilogy failed.
2: Um, it started off good. I, I mean, me I'm
1: not disputing that it probably made them a lot of money, but m- there are very few people I know that will defend the, the sequel, sequel trilogy. trilogy. I liked Force Awakens. I actually didn't think Last Jedi was that bad, but it's like the, it started coming apart at the seams with.
2: Rise of Skywalker. With
1: Rise of Skywalker.
2: Um, because apparently in Rise of Skywalker, they were going to develop more of the Ben Solo character in that film. But Kathleen Kennedy had pretty much all of the development scenes taken out.
1: And, I mean, the part of the problem that the sequel trilogy had was that they had no vision for the whole thing as a get-go, they just developed 7, and then 8, and then 9 Completely independently of one another They didn't have a an overarching Like character arcs Story arcs, you know Anything like that And as a result, it just started falling apart
2: From what I've heard
1: I know that that's uh, how, the pre- how the original trilogy And the prequel trilogy essentially were made But that doesn't mean That it had to continue that way With the sequel trilogy
2: I mean, I know that George, in terms of when Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones came out, uh, I think he learned a little bit in terms of how he should do Episode 3 after doing those two. And that's the reason why Episode 3 was given the PG-13 rating. So, like, all the other Star Wars films didn't Mm -hmm. have PG-13 rating. Revenge of the Sith was the first one to get it. Um, And so... I think he kind of learned, it's like, okay, well, how can I make the third part of the prequel trilogy better? Which, to, in my honest opinion, Revenge of the Sith is the best one of the three.
1: Not that that's a high bar to meet.
2: No. No, granted, I liked Attack of Clones. I, I think Attack of Clones improved greatly upon all the mistakes that were made in Phantom Menace um, in terms of, like, Story, mm. character development, yep. and all that. Uh, Grant, I know that they they reduced Jar Jar Binks's role greatly in Attack of the Clones, uh,
1: and then even further in epi- in, uh, in Revenge three. of the Sith, <laughs> the where he had like one line, and it it was so quick and so quiet you could probably miss it. <laughs>
2: um, and I know that in uh, the Clone Wars show, Jar Jar did yeah. have his own episodes in that one. Uh, but for the the sequel trilogy it seemed like it was more of like Kathleen Kennedy wanting to it's like this is what I want to see in a Star Wars film not what the audience wants to see yeah like I from what I heard JJ uh, Abrams uh, when last Jedi came out was actually really disappointed in that film because uh, he originally, Envisioned for the trilogy, uh, you know, who Ray's parents were going to be, like, he had his own version of how the trilogy was going to be. But yep. then, after Force Awakens came out and he stepped away from being the director for Last Jedi, that's when things started going downhill, and that's when he was essentially struggling to uh, fix the mistakes that Last Jedi made in Rise of Skywalker.
1: And having the same director across all three movies might have helped. It, it might have helped. I, you know, with, with Kathleen Kennedy constantly getting, in, you know, getting her fingerprints all over it, we don't know for certain.
2: And the one thing that I've learned about J.J. Abrams, he loves Star Wars. He grew up loving Star Wars. He's not really a Star Trek fan, so that's the reason why in his. Uh, in the first two Star Trek films that he did... Of oh, the Kelvin timeline. Yes, yeah. so for Star Trek 2009 and In the Darkness, one of the things that he openly said was he said that he did not understand the reason why the fans loved uh, the ship so much, loved the Enterprise so much. He's like, it's not a character to us. The Enterprise is a character. Probably one of the absolute saddest scenes you will ever see in terms of like character deaths in the movies was watching the Enterprise blow up and search for Spock.
1: And blow up and go fall burning towards Genesis, yeah.
2: Yeah, so for us, that was a very sad scene. And it go, the same thing goes with like any other time that you see uh, one of those ships get destroyed, like the Enterprise D in Generations, the Defiant in Deep Space Nine when that was destroyed. Granted, yes, we all know that the ships were replaced somehow with the Enterprise being replaced with the Enterprise A, D, with E, the Defiant being replaced by another Defiant class where they were given permission to change the name to Defiant because that's what they're used to. Um, But J.J. uh, is more of a Star Wars fan, so I know that when he... Was the, became the director for Force Awakens. That was like a dream come true for him. I'm sure it was. So I imagine that he, the second he got the job, he started working on his own trilogy storyline, and then Ryan Johnson went and put his own touch on uh, the Star Wars movie. Which, to be honest with you, I feel like if Ryan was given his own Star Wars film to do that had nothing to do with the trilogy. It had Maybe.
1: nothing to do with the Skywalker side. Exactly.
2: It probably would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't doubt that.
2: But he. He. Uh, I, I guess. And I, and I want
1: more Star Wars story type movies. Like Solo, it, Solo wasn't perfect, but I liked it. Solo Rogue was... One was great. And, I, but, and, I, and I've said this before. I want more Star Wars stuff that doesn't just focus on. Like the whole light side, dark side, Jedi, Sith—it's whatever.
2: That's the reason why, like I said, why I liked Solo so much is because there were no Force users mm-hmm. at all. You could say the same thing about Rogue One, but Vader. Yeah. Um, but Vader had all told, like, well,
1: and Rogue One was very much Skywalker Saga adjacent. Yeah. It was still tied into the whole, t- tied into the whole thing. But you, but it it, it, you but, pop but, in the original. Exactly, but with. Um, the 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 sheer scope of the of the galaxy and everything and you know being able to see more of the small scale stuff as i've said before with regards to the mandalorians one reason i love this series is that it's giving us more a sense of what it's like to live in this in this galaxy without just seeing seeing all the stuff that's just war scene after war scene after war scene granted yes star wars but you know being able to see that there's that there are people that put some thought into, here's how people would probably live on this planet doing this sort of thing. Well, it's
2: like, um, what's her, uh, uh goddammit, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, um, from Rogue One, her dad, when he left the, uh, yeah. when he, when he left the Empire and essentially became a farmer and... and it's like,
1: you see that there's a lot of that, a lot of that on a, a lot of different planets people are farming various different things whether it's moisture or it's blue uh, prawn things that they turn into vod that they turn into blue vodka <laughs> cuz essentially that's what they're doing with it is they're making that spatchka drink um, or they're or they're farming various like other vegetables and stuff for processing to ship off somewhere else It's like there is a lot of that stuff but it's not all just like industri- industrialized Kind of thing you see a lot of the like people just living basic lives. Yeah, sort of which thing. is
2: nothing wrong to see. Yeah, um, I mean, you want to see the people who are just like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Mm. You know, it's just like I just want to live my life.
1: And it's like I don't care about your empire, or your republic. I just want to live on my farm and be left in peace.
2: Which again,
1: no, yeah, wrong. you know, essentially that's what the Tuscan Raiders want. Is they just want to be able to live live in peace on Tatooine with their Banthas, you know, and every so often I guess uh, go try to try to kill a uh crepe dragon so they can get a pearl. <laughs>
2: ah, that's a group effort for the whole <laughs> I mean if was, um, I mean if something's big enough to eat a sarlacc, there's a problem.
1: There's uh, it's as Qui-Gon said in episode 1, there's always a bigger fish. Oh. Which just makes me think, what? Okay. So, what is bigger than a crate dragon?
2: That fucking worm from Empire Strikes back <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I'd forgotten about uh, yeah, th- I forget what it's called, but I know the one you're talking about, yeah um, it's like the cave is closing, but then but start. then what's bigger than that?
2: The death star <laughs> And what's bigger
1: than that? star killer base. <laughs> what's
2: bigger than that the explosion.
1: Uh, you know, and here's where I'm sure like Star Trek nerds would probably point to. Uh, there's a being called Abeloth in some of the Star Wars novels. That's essentially like Eldritch Abomination in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know specifics because I wasn't reading the novels at the time. But I picked that up from osmosis, just reading TV tropes, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the future for Star Wars is potentially very bright with all the with all the new series I mean, that especially
2: there's. if uh, John Landis
1: and John Fav- or John Favreau.
2: John Favreau, Michael Land- is it Michael Landis?
1: I, I think I don't know if I forget. The other guy, yeah,
2: uh, are in charge now. Like I would love to see them move on from the series and maybe well, maybe between seasons, I guess, do a movie. Please, like definitely bring Ron Howard back to do a yes. movie.
1: Bring Robert Rodriguez back because he was amazing for last episode. Oh my
2: God, yes he was. <laughs>
1: I can't believe we forgot to mention that in the in the intro. But Robert Rodriguez directed directed that all the actions, all the big action.
2: M- because there's no bar fight scene. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but let's be honest, uh, Boba going ham on the on the stormtroopers is Robert Rodriguez in a nutshell. Oh yes. <laughs> um, um, But it's like, but what I would say is, it's fine to work on developing all these series. Don't overdo it. Don't stretch yourself too thin doing it because then. The, 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 all of them will suffer for it.
2: Yeah, you will exhaust your fan base, which is exactly what happened with the Star Trek fans by the time Enterprise rolled around. Because from Next Generation, then
1: Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, Voyager,
2: and then Enterprise. Now, between now, along with all the shows going on, you also had all the movies that were coming out, also. By the time Enterprise rolled around, the fans were just exhausted. I'll openly admit, I did not watch Enterprise when it was on, because I was one of the fans who was openly exhausted from uh, constantly like watching one Star Trek movie after another. Same thing is going on with Marvel Studios, where it was like, dur- uh, during, uh, I think it was uh, Far From Home, I was a little bit more... Um, I guess exhausted because it was one Marvel movie after another, Um, and so I'm thinking it's like, well, give your fans a bit of a break every so often, so that way we can, you know, yeah,
1: you you want to avoid fan fatigue that way. Give us, you know, give us a chance to breathe, to digest this stuff. You know, let let the fans talk about it. You know, keep help keep that hype going. You did well so far with Mandalorian. By, you know, it's like by the time Season 1 was over, he announced that Season 2 was already in development. Which, by the end of the season, fans were like, yes, 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 we want more, more, more! And you're doing a fantastic job here. We already know that there's, they're working on Season 3. But take your time with these series. Make sure that you're giving them the same level of commitment and love that you're giving The Mandalorian. Because we don't want them to... We want Star Wars to to be... A great
2: thing. I uh, remember what I told, what I had said to you about what I would, who I would love to see as a director for at least one episode. Who? Because all right, so he's already directed a couple episodes of the Warville, few episodes of Star Trek Discovery. And I would love to see his taken on Star Wars. Jonathan Frakes.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I, you, know, you have mentioned this before, and I think I had the same reaction. It's like. And a part of me wants to see that, so I can see the Star Trek nerds start like twitching because you know that they were twitching when he started when he did a couple episodes of the Orville. Because how dare he? That's not that's that's not really Star Trek.
2: No, uh, but
1: you know, seeing you know the worlds colliding, as it were. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, freaking R two D two had a cameo in.
1: They, they work in so many little subtle references to, to things not even subtle sometimes but like just dropping in references to get fans being like oh I know that thing like the TPS reports <laughs> in this episode when uh, when Mayfeld was trying to drag Mando away from the officer trying to BS their way out of the conversations like we got those TPS file reports to go file and I, and I started laughing my head off because TPS reports from like office space <laughs>
2: That's why I didn't get the reference. <laughs> I have not seen Office Space, so I didn't get that reference. So Add it to the get, list. Um, so that went, over to me. that went over my head. Um,
1: but yeah, TPS reports, is just it was one of those things that uh, what's-his-name's boss in Office Space is constantly coming by his desk for it. So yeah, I'm going to need those TPS reports on my desk by the end of the day. Was
2: he in Office Space, or was that just... That was somebody else. Okay.
1: I'm pretty sure it was, but yeah. uh, Heck, while I'm, you know, you go ahead and talk, I'll look it up real quick. Um, I just closed IMDb, damn it. (laughs) But go ahead.
2: um, But, yeah, like, I would love to see, uh, I want to see Knights of the Old Republic get turned into either a series or another trilogy. Because I know...
1: Okay, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was Gary Cole who played played Lumberg. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
2: Because I know that in terms of Knights of the Old Republic, there was a lot that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you had... um, It was basically the Jedi versus the Sith at Mm -hmm. that point in time. Um, And granted, I have not really played the game, but I know some of the characters... Like the uh, what was it? The there was like three members of the Sith Order that were working together, but the two. I I
1: never really played the games either. I know some of what went on in the games, just again through osmosis, TV tropes, etc. But yeah, I think there were like three main Sith Lords going going on. This is I don't know that this was uh, whether where this was was on the timeline in terms of the rule of two.
2: This was before the rule too. There you go. Uh, because uh, the one who started that I think it was Darth Bane. Yeah. Who was doing that? You then, if
1: I think we were, were the one that even told me it was Darth Bane that did it.
2: Um and uh. th- and then uh, Sidious started using that also. Um so that's it's like when uh what was it uh when Darth Maul was killed in episode 1 Taken out of the
1: equation, at the very least. That's
2: when he was starting to take notice of Anakin Skywalker. And that's when he started to like slowly mold him. I have
1: a feeling that Palpatine had his eye on Anakin Skywalker a long time before that. It's just, but it's like, once Anakin essentially stepped into the public eye, as it were, that's when he started taking a more active hand in... His development—it's like he put him, he stuck him there for a reason, sort of thing. Or it depends on how on how you uh, what your theories are concerning Anakin's birth.
2: So, to the uh, Sith, I know that uh, two of those three—it was Darth Nihilus, Darth Nihilus, yeah, and yep. Darth Sion. Um, Darth Nihilus, I really, really want to see because yeah, to. Basically...
1: He's the one whose, whose helmet is on like the cover of one of the games, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Um,
2: he, in one of the games, uh, there was a trap that was set for him on a planet, and he apparently knew that the trap was set for him, and he drained all the Force energy from the planet and killed it. And killed the people who yeah. had set the, uh, the trap for him. I'm like... That's badass and creepy at the same time,
1: which is where you know one reason why I didn't mind in uh, Rise of Skywalker when uh, Palpatine suddenly starts like draining the life from uh, Rey and and uh, Ben Solo because again that's something that yeah that guy um, he just showed me the picture on uh, on his phone there uh, but. I you know cuz again I knew something like that had been in the been in the games. It wasn't to me it wasn't too surprising but I imagine to people to the average moviegoer who only exposure to Star Wars has been the, the movies, movies would probably be like oh you're just pulling new powers out of your ass as the plot demands which yes but you know to people that knew a little bit more not so surprising just it's like you kind of need to build up to some of these things, not just throw it out there. Um, but yeah, like there's so much out there in these in the Star Wars universe, all these new series that have been announced, a new new leadership for Lucasfilm and everything. Like I said, future for Star Wars is looking bright.
2: Oh yeah, the, one of the other shows that they mentioned was Bad Batch.
1: Yes, I've mentioned that. I mentioned that before. Um, you know, that was what my the lead in. To the whole thing, and uh, I think we'd even talked about
2: it th- well, back, back
1: in our rap cast for Season 7 of I Clone Wars. I
2: think so, because I, had, I remember saying that uh, that's supposed to take place after the events of Episode 3.
1: Post-Order 66. Exactly. You know? And hey, they're the Bad Batch. Maybe their chips aren't working so well.
2: No, I, I imagine that's what happened because I imagine... That or, the-
1: what's his name? The one that, that they rescued. Maybe his chip was removed.
2: Possibly? otherwise they, you know, things probably would have happened But before.
1: regardless bad batch yes please or more more work for D Bradley Baker doing doing voice work.
2: Yeah, god knows the guy needs to
1: work. <laughs> Not really. He's got he's a busy guy. Not like Nolan North or Troy Baker busy, but <clears throat>
2: <No. clears
1: throat> um but yeah, uh, good episode We're you know about to go into the uh season finale next week just, you know and I'm looking forward to seeing what we're what we're gonna get
2: oh God it, it, like I said I'm honestly hoping that uh I want the next episode to be just a little bit longer, please because they I,
1: they've been there have been some that have been longer, but they've all been you know some of the episodes this season have been pretty short where's the controller so I can uh scroll up here i mean looking looking at these uh episodes the first episode was like the, was like a full hour, but then it down to like 41 minutes. And then 35, 39, then back up to 37, 33, and 38. It's like, I get it, they're making the episodes exactly as long as they need to be. But the season finale this time needs to be longer. Give us the full hour, go over the hour mark. It's not like you have to worry about, you know, it's like, oh, we're not going to be able to get this on TV I'm, I'm because call, of commercial I'm breaks. So. Call, this right
2: now. I imagine the Stinger for season three is going to show Thrawn.
1: Oh, I I hope so. I so certainly hope you so.
2: You and I, you and I discussed this. I said who I would love to see in the role of Thrawn.
1: Refresh my memory, because I, I think we discussed this off off mic. We so. did.
2: I said that I wanted Jason Isaacs for the role of Thrawn. Now, for those of you who don't know who Jason Isaacs is, <laughs> he played Draco Malfoy's dad in the Harry Potter movies. He was also uh, the captain of Discovery in Star Trek: Discovery in the first season, uh, and the guy knows how to play a good villain. Now, for those of you probably going, "Oh, well, what about the guy who voiced him in the show in, uh, in Rebels?" Well, here's what you can do: you can have him dub over Jason Isaacs' voice. Jason Isaacs can do the physical stuff, while the original voice actor does. Lars Mickelson. Yeah, Lars Mickelson. Does the voice and I'm
1: gonna show you the picture of him again I personally think Lars Mikkelsen could play the part he could um, um, you know because and then you don't have to worry about dubbing over his voice yeah honestly but, I'm of the opinion that if you're gonna have an actor portraying portraying a part facefully visible it should be them doing the voice
2: yeah
1: otherwise you know it's its like the the first Hellboy movie, it, there was it felt slightly dis- disconnected with Abe Sapien, because you had
2: Doug Jones
1: doing portraying the part physically, but then you had David Hyde Pierce providing he, the voice. David
2: Hyde Pierce refused to take a credit role. He ref- he did he said that he wanted to go uncredited because he respected Doug too much.
1: And I think that's one reason why they just had Doug do do the voice. Provide the voice as well in, in I, Hellboy 2. but nevertheless, it's like in that case they they shouldn't have even use David Hyde, Pier- Hyde Pierce's voice, especially if he was going to be have that significant a role. If it were like a one-off scene, that's one thing I could understand that, but the, he was there the whole movie.
2: I don't. I don't think. No, he didn't come back for. Hellboy too. No, Doug Jones. It was didn't. all Doug. It was all Doug. Yeah. It's like in. It's like Doug playing uh, Saru in Discovery. Mm-hmm. And you kind of watched. I uh, uh, yeah that um, episode. yeah
1: uh, yeah. I came in partway through one of the episodes you were doing for your solo cast.
2: Um and uh, which
1: should be up by the time by the time you hear this one. But anyway. Uh,
2: but you saw him playing mm-hmm. Saru in that, so you saw how he performed in that. Yeah. It's all him. Yeah. Um,
1: Right. Um, but it's but getting back to my point, it's like if you're gonna have somebody's face visible for a role or makeup or whatever, sure. But like there, it's it's them physically in the role. There's no nothing like covering their face to so you so you can hide like the 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 mouth moving kind of kind of thing. Yeah. So you can avoid the old like uh, uh, kung fu you know kung fu dubbing problem.
2: <laughs> how uh, so? How do you feel about in the- in the live-action stuff from Maul, about how uh, it's uh, Race Park Junior doing the physical crap, while the voice actor from that uh, who voices Maul in Clone Wars and Rebels dubs over him. See, I'm,
1: I'm, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've come to associate that voice with Maul. But again, if you're gonna have, if you're not gonna have the that person portraying the part physically in a, in a in a live action don't use them then it's like use the person have the person who's doing the physical work do the voice as well it's just it's one of those things with me
2: I yeah but the problem is that the guy who voices him in Clone Wars and Rebels does it way too well yeah it was way too good
1: I agree I agree but if you it's this again this is just my opinion you know they can do it if Again, if it comes out well on on scene, I'll be happy with it. But there's always going to be a part of me that's just like, yeah, but, eh. yeah, but I mean, I'm looking forward to season
2: three whenever it comes. out. Oh yeah. I don't well, we're we're, look we're forward
1: looking forward to the season finale next week. But that yeah, too, but season now, three, yes, yeah, <laughs> inject it directly into my veins. Now, now it's just
2: like it's like what what are you for that. Are you going to introduce Thrawn through that?
1: I imagine so. Thrawn is not somebody you introduce in one... You know, you drop in one episode and then don't bring him no, back. No, I'm
2: fine with him being in, like, a stinger.
1: Yes, stinger. I'm just saying, for the for how significant a name drop he was two episodes ago, you don't bring him in uh, very suddenly.
2: And then just say...
1: Right, you give him the Moff Gideon build-up. Yeah. Moff Gideon. It's like we, hell, we didn't even know about Moff Gideon until suddenly uh, the client took the call from him in uh, chapter seven, and then all of a sudden, client's dead. Moff Gideon steps up, and we're just and everybody's like, oh, f- oh, they're fucked now because this is a guy who doesn't care about his about his own subordinates, and it's Giancarlo Esposito. You're fucked, because <laughs> um, we all remember Gus from Breaking Bad. Well, to be
2: honest with you, I haven't really watched Breaking Bad. I need to.
1: Um, but and other stuff that Giancarlo Esposito has done. But uh, I get yeah. the references too. Yeah. Um, the same thing should hold true with Thrawn. It's like, if Thrawn shows up, maybe maybe by the, by the end of Chapter 16, Mando and his friends escape with Grogu. They, they fly off in the Slave One or whatever leave behind Spaceball 2. And then all of a sudden, Thrawn shows up and maybe a superstar Destroyer, and just shoots Smough Gideon out of the sky. It's just sort of like... You failed me. Even though that's not entirely in Thrawn's wheelhouse, Thrawn is not a guy who usually kills people that fail him. He's, no. not, he's not like most Imperial warlords that way, or like Darth Vader. But having him sort of be... Maybe he just sort of like, you've play, you played your hand too much. You're no longer of any use to me, I or maybe he already has the data that he needs from Moff Gideon. Ship and then just poof, shoots him out of the sky. Then all of a sudden, you know, this guy is is uh, is dangerous because if Moff Gideon's scared of him, maybe.
2: Well, I mean, he did shoot Tom Baker out of the sky in that one episode of Rebels. So. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: but even then, you got you got the impression that uh, that the Bendu just just regenerated. <laughs> Because so he was a character that was so goddamn powerful, s- I doubt even a bunch of turbo lasers would, so would so bother if, him. So,
2: so, if we ever get another Bendu, should it be voiced by Peter Davison?
1: Yes, <laughs> Peter Davison or somebody else, some, one of the other doctors—Colin
2: Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Hell
1: David. No, yeah, you can bring in David Tennant, Matt Smith,
2: definitely, Matt or
1: um, Peter Capaldi. Yes, Peter Capaldi would be would be good. Or just really piss off the fans and get, uh, uh, what's her name? Whitaker. To, Jody Whitaker. Whitaker to come in instead. <laughs> it's Mrs. Bendu. <laughs> you killed my husband. <laughs> okay, so we're going for Nah, 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 nah. But um, yeah, we've rambled on now. It's all, almost ramble cast length now. So yeah, we're obviously very excited. Another good episode. Uh, looking forward to next week. So. Anything last you want to add before we.
2: Uh... No, I'm good.
1: Okay, so for Chris, I'm Jay. We'll see you after the next episode. This is the
0: way. Thanks for listening to A Bored to Death Mando Cast. Be sure to check out all the episodes of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.